1: Another episode of subconscious realms i'm your host general lee And for tonight um <laughs> this extraordinary gentleman uh, needs no introduction whatsoever uh, ladies and gentlemen please welcome sir robbie Marks. Uh, now then robbie mate
0: hey how you doing lee
1: i'm um, good thanks uh, yourself, yourself
0: yeah it's, it's been busy um i've been cranking out a bunch of art um i just finished a poster for the ganja grail in and maine the ganja
1: Grail.
0: yeah yeah it's a big huh. ganja competition and they have a bunch of bands um it's in uh maine um i want to say it's the last uh of september into early october um, oh last
1: weekend like last weekend, no it's,
0: right? it's it's coming up here, oh wow
1: okay. september
0: to october um is it like a big f-
1: festival right
0: yeah it's a big harvest festival um you know and they they basically match their wares to see who basically has grown um the best in in the neighborhood, you know.
1: Gee, man. That sounds yeah. like proper um small you do fucking nine years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's but you know, basically we go out there I go out there and uh, you know, I'll camp out um yeah. kind of primitive camping me. for the thing and you know, they have the bands, and they have a big bonfire, and, um, you know, it's, uh... It hey, uh, sounds, sounds uh, a bit. it really um, does. It, it is, um, but yeah, so I'm just basically doing a lot of work right now, um... So, mm-hmm.
1: do you, hey, would you, have you designed the, like, the poster for this festival, uh, Robert?
0: Yeah, yeah, and basically, oh. the image is done, um, and, like, the header I did, um, it's nice, um, And then uh, we're going through some textual changes right now, just hammering out the final details. And then they're going to release it on, you know, it'll be on, like, relics and a bunch of miscellaneous places announcing it as a festival, you know.
1: Yeah. I bet you can't wait. I bet you
0: can't wait. Uh, wait, Yeah. What's the
1: weather usually like, uh, Robert?
0: That time of year is usually right when all the leaves are changing. So... Basically, this place that it's at, um, Harry's Hill in Maine, um, in Starks, right. um, you're basically um, on like a hillside overlooking like mountains all around you. And like all the leaves are changing colors, and you got like oranges and reds and some, you know, remaining greens. So it's just like an absolutely beautiful time of year, you know. Uh, I was just going to say then, that, yeah. that
1: lo- lo- uh, beautiful.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, that's coming up and you know i'm just uh basically um cranking out a bunch of this art that i've been kind of building up uh while we were out on the road man so yeah which
1: is um every single piece of your artwork Robert, is it's like it's from uh, another world <laughs> it's uh, <laughs>
0: it's amazing it's uh just, you know, a lot of time and a lot of devotion and yeah, basically yeah. it's just what I've always loved doing, you know. So I really mm-hmm. I really kind of sink into it and just have fun with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh so unique at just like you are. Thanks man. Just Thanks. like you are. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, um yeah, we uh um, got some interesting i was actually quite made up about the uh episode with uh Jan that we had Mm,
0: some
1: really good feedback off that nice nice.
0: Uh, yeah and i know Jan um Jan is is a rather you know controversial figure to a lot of people and i just thought it'd be interesting to get him on and and just kind of Talk to him about, you know, basically what his stance is on the whole thing. And I don't know. One of the things I really wish we would have gone a little bit more into was um, the uh, the mushroom culture before um, the Spanish came in. And, you know, basically the the stuff previous to um, in other, you know, but basically we were there to talk about the book. So we kind of stuck to that subject, you know, which was good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: but uh yeah de- i definitely uh look at Jan again um uh, because there's uh just so so many areas he could have gone that conversation
0: oh yeah yeah jan goes down some some deep deep rabbit holes and you know i don't necessarily <laughs> agree with everything he says um but like i said you know he's he's produced a lot of the same um miscellaneous results that i have in in my yeah research. yeah no and and he you know definitely philosophically you know um sometimes we mesh and sometimes we don't but hey that's the that's the idea of dialectics you know that which is basically you go back to the greek you know and dialectics was basically what they was the idea of a conversation, you know, so the idea of having a conversation, those dialectics, it's like, you know, listening to what other people have to say and comparing that to your own personal beliefs. And, you know, you know, maybe you don't agree, maybe you do agree, but but it's, it's, you know, the idea of expanding the possibilities of what could be, I think is the long term net result you know of the conversation you know
1: yeah i mean well it was think about it if you if you're having a conversation with someone with it and uh, if you're just agreeing the time it was i don't think it would be as interesting as if there would be some and i'm not saying the time but i'm just saying if there was like some like differentiations in what you're talking about that yeah. would make it more you know like the the conversation will
0: go a diff- take a different path if, if you know what I mean. right, right but yeah, and I mean, you know Jan basically uh, as as you know many subjects as he's been through, um, you know we were there to talk about the the recent uh, publication he made, so that was good
1: yeah yeah, yeah. that was the, that was the book you just finished literally just finished as well wasn't
0: it yeah, yeah, I, I finished it the <laughs> night that we went on. You know <laughs> so I've um, in it. yeah 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 um, it's it's pretty much i mean besides sitting around and doing the art and you know doing the house stuff and um spending you know time with the wife when i can um it's pretty much uh whenever i get the chance i'm i'm sitting and reading you know yeah um your knowledge is
1: just uh it's
0: just incredible in so many areas you know and i've got my own areas that that i've uh definitely studied more than other areas and um you know uh, but but a lot of that ancient you know mesopotamian stuff and um you know ancient and a lot of that stuff you know i just really for i mean years and years i've just been You know, saturating myself in anything I can get my hands on Mm. because because it's you know it's it's just uh, some of the more interesting stuff that I found Uh, um, uh, to stimulate the mind. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which
1: makes me wonder where we're gonna go today, Robert. Mm. (laughs) That last episode was, I mean, the part one was mind blowing, but part two. going down the hole that game, was uh, talking about the
0: else, yeah yeah, yeah the. Um, so what do you think what do you did was there something you specifically wanted to talk about tonight
1: uh that, something different something different what um mm-hmm. i don't know what did you, what you think was um a big old
0: yeah i don't know i was looking over some notes and I was looking at some different stuff about you know anana Ishtar and a lot of the different uh you know philosophical elements of the Babylonians and the
1: yeah well i i I know a bit a bit, a bit from like what's been briefly mentioned but nothing in in great detail
0: yeah, let's see um that's the second book <laughs> can find this over here. And we can kind of... Oh, I thought I stuck a post-it note in there. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I appear to be unprepared, man.
1: You're not, mate. You're not. It's, you're not unprepared yeah. at all, I think.
0: I'm just coming um, off right now. I'm we was not off.
1: sure anyway which which yeah. way... Which, what would be the best way to go, anyway. Um, yeah. Well, I was anyway... <laughs> it was incredible like, throwing the... Um,
0: right right um well and that's i mean it's uh as far as historically you know um it's yeah it's definitely interesting to see how those ancient like gigantos or those ancient giant um you know nephilim rephaim um bloodlines like the dragon line um, kind of have been handed down into like you know the modern like personifications of the crown man yeah. um, you know and and going through and following like a lot of the the crown stuff you know i'm i'm basically uh, you know in the middle of doing a you know a really deep dive on ancient bohemia right now oh, um, ancient prussia yeah and uh, so i'm getting some stuff together on that um but let's see so now as far as the babylonian sumerian um let's see uh in old sumar um the moon was the firstborn son of enlil who was the king of the gods before marduk took the place in babylon and um the moon, very interesting <laughs> yeah the moon now the moon in babylon right was referred to as sin s-i-n right so when you see yep so when you see biblically when the bible says go and sin no more what they're basically saying is really go and and you know worship the moon no more because they're talking about the you know akkadian you know sumerian um moon goddess who was sin you know Um, and uh let's see sin was the one she was one of the seven gods who, who decreed. So she basically was the one that handed down, like rule over all the other um, planets, right? Um, and these seven miscellaneous um, beings or, you know, um, high entities um, besides sin being the moon, right? You had Anu who was the sky and that's where you get the Anunnaki, right? From the sky. The, so the sky was Anu, right? And and you know it basically says that it kind of churned forth these beings that were the Anunnaki that that basically fell from Anu or the sky, you know, as the fallen ones. Right. Um, Crazy, yeah. And then you have Enlil, um, In-lil. who was yeah, who was the earthly king. So he's basically um, the the force that was put in charge. You know over the earthly realm yeah. um now then you have um ning harsog who is the mother of the gods and she's basically the same as mother rhea um you know who later became juno um after she uh passed um, and then we have enki who is the god of wisdom which is uh very much in line with like thoth hermes Um, right right so enki falls into that same um category as far as you know being one of the gods of wisdom um and so now you have um enlil and enki um enlil being the earthly king right and then enki who is the god of wisdom who basically occupies the underworld um and i think we talked about him sitting on a like a tic-tac cubic throne and you know um in the freshwater sea in the hollow earth um yes, and, you know, yes. I love earth don't we, <laughs> right right and he's basically growing the tree of life you know in one of the pots that he's basically tending um in the underworld um so then there was also one of the other forces of these seven forces of ancient Samaria was Shemesh who was <laughs> yeah Shamesh, who's basically the sun or pure light in a you know in its essence um and then we have um who most people have probably heard of um Ishtar who you know yep is the goddess of sex and war and um basically they said that the um battlefield you know was her playground and she always determined like the outcome of war so and i think when you see the movie have you seen the, the new wonder woman movie here in the last few years
1: oh uh, is it wonder woman 1984
0: um no not from 19 it's the newer one um and it's a marvel movie um no is like, it
1: called is it actually called I
0: don't know, the, uh, I'm not sure. the, well, but basically the, what I was going to say is that the Wonder Woman in the new Marvel movie, um, she very much reminds me of like um, Ishtar, you know, and the and, like, the battlefield being her playground, because when they really start fighting and she's just like, you know, like uh, moves like faster than, you know, like, you know, the, yeah. almost faster than light or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, man. You Yeah. Know, <laughs> So, uh, now let's see. Um, and it was sin. Um, as now she was kind of wild and gender fluid. Um, and you know, much like the moon will pass from day to night to night to day and back, and you know, and be both in the day and the night, you know, as she moves through her, her different, you know, um, phases. Um, basically, it was sin as this wild, gender-fluid, you know, god-goddess um, that basically gave birth to Shemesh, who was the light. Um, right. right? So um, it was basically, and here we have the story again, of basically um, this, this uh, goddess of, of darkness um, and light um, that basically gives birth to Shemesh, or the light. So it's, it's very much that old tale of, you know, the uh, the entities, sw- you know, the shadows swimming in the darkness. And then the first thought form coming forth, you know, was that that birth of the light of Lucifer that the occultists speak of, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, so that basically brought illumination with the, the birth of Shemesh. And um, again, that's that symbol of the circumpunct. That you see with the circle with the dot in the center of it and uh you see it in various places um but let's see so uh as the queen of the heavens um, being the queen of darkness giving birth to the sun or light as lux um we we must remember that every time we hear baal the word baal um that this is a title so it's basically baal means lord um as you know marduk was the um the the god of uh, the lord of the storm so they called him baal um and uh let's see and his queen baal's queen was um beltis so you had yeah uh, baal and beltis were the titles of the king and the queen in ancient Babylon, in ancient and also the ancient empire of Acadia, okay. um, yeah. So, but it's uh, you know it's just interesting looking back at that whole mythos of of the Babylonian Sumerian um, philosophy, you know, and and how um, it ties in with Egypt. Um, how it, it ties in with those uh drifting nomads, you know, the Scythians, um, that distributed yeah, yeah. through uh, Mesopotamia and into India. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, um, just, just it's, uh,
1: yeah. it's incredible, isn't it? I, I was like, stories how it carries yeah. on,
0: yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing, man, is you know, as you're going through this stuff, you do see that. Um, it, it was, what was it called um, in the mysteries when it was the uh, spread of the philosophy of Nimrod and it was called, uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue, but uh, it was it basically meant setting the whole world on fire. So as these as these you know mystery occult philosophies um, would move you know based on the trade in the region and you know a lot of times you know it was being moved through the merchant class, which is why Mercury is the god of the of the merchants um, and the thieves and the liars and the travelers. You know? <laughs> so you you basically have Mercury being the Mercur or you know related to mercantilism so you basically have this you know these these essential stories um dating all the way back into you know um, depending on the the you know you have the hyperboreans um coming in and you know like they're bringing and this would be more um like uh the irish um and english kind of area where um they're basically coming in you know and it said that they came in on a magic ship and you know surrounded by black clouds and like the maidens you know like uh these tall maidens with braids in their hair brought like yeah yeah. loaves of bread and like brought the you know the hyperbo originally the honeybees were said to be hyperborean you know um and, and but at the same time you also have um isis in egypt who announces that she's the one that brought in, introduced the honeybees, um, you know, and called them um, flies that make nectar, you know, so. justice. Um, yeah, so depending on, you know, um, whether you're talking about the Dagonian or the Veracotta, or you're talking about the Hyperborean, or you're talking about, you know, they all have um, similar stories um that they're relating and and similar information that they're bringing um oh back to the hyperboreans um probably the chief head of the hyperboreans right was apollo and oh. apollo when he came oh, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, go ahead
1: very interesting there, mate.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so apollo brought his medicinal gardens with him so he basically brought you know medicine into the new world right and he basically had um gardens with all his herbs and all his different um you know roots and spices and um and in the garden one of the main things he brought was the apple tree or the apollo tree right and oh. um uh, right so um and and you know when you had you know you have the whole idea of an apple a day keeps the doctor away um you have in uh like ancient um rome and italy um if a boy were to throw an apple to a girl that was like a proposal to marriage and if she caught the apple then she was bound to marry the boy you know <laughs> so um but it, it's it's all yeah it's always had this um this idea of healing and generation and and basically bringing forth life as far as the apple you know um, yeah, yeah. but it's funny crazy, man, crazy isn't it <laughs> right right and well, it was now and it was the apple tree um that the druids well as the apple and the oak tree both but the apple tree the druids also in the winter time it's where they would harvest the all heal or the uh, um what's it called, the mistletoe from, you know, which is basically a parasitic um, plant that grows and blossoms in the winter, you know? Um, But that the Druids actually thought that it was a a plant that had come from the moon, from the mountains of the moon, and it had been left behind by the gods on earth, right? Um, So they would basically go up and harvest this mistletoe um with a golden scythe, you know, on a certain day, at a certain time, and and basically cut the the berries down. you know and, and they couldn't they could never touch the earth, you know, because it was the semblance of the idea that they were suspended between the heavens and the earthly realm. So that's kind of this you know the idea of the magic happens in between, you know so, um but, but when we look forward, as far as Apollo, um we see biblically, that um, he ends up in the bottomless pit um, very much along the same lines of, like, Lucifer, you know. Um, right. and, and a lot of the Christian philosophy, um, they basically prognosticate that um, at the end of time, you know, when the seven seals are broken, that basically the spirit of Apollo is going to rise out of the bottomless pit you know, so it's this again. It's this story of the return of the the giants or the Niflheim, you know, back from the being trapped in the black cube yeah, in the center yeah. of the earth. You know, um, yeah, yeah. It's
1: just uh, it's fascinating, mate. it really is,
0: mm-hmm. right? So, but yeah, um, it's you know, it's it's very interesting looking at all these different schools. Um, yeah. You know, as far as the Dagon. Um, and the you know the Dagon people um, getting into the the idea that they um, told about Sirius B um, being you know the sun behind the sun um, before yeah. we had before we had telescopes to be able to come to that real you know realization um, with you know strong enough telescopes um, but you know the Dagonian they had uh, what you know basically. Um, when you look at the Pope, the Pope's hat is the Dagonian hat, and that goes back to the Dagon, which H.P. Lovecraft writes a little bit about the Dagon here and there. Um, but they were, you know, in accordance with the with uh, the those people that were taught by the Dagon. Um, they said they were like the abomination that came up from the sea, and they had like uh, legs with a fish tail that grew out behind it and they had like arms and they had the face of a man with a fish head on top and you know yeah they 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 brought the um they brought the rod and the measure and they basically you know um you know bringing back the civilization that had fallen you know um basically teaching us you know how to build temples again and how to you know, resurrect the, the you know, um, miscellaneous, uh, yeah. seven, you know, seven schools of thought, you know, from pre Diluvian times, you know, um, it's, uh, yeah, pretty interesting stuff, man.
1: It is, um, it's it, Robbie, it's, it's fucking incredible, mate. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's like a, another, um, remarkable uh, perspective added to Mm. um to now really
0: yeah especially you know relating to the fact that it's just with the use of the modern telescope that they i mean they knew that sirius was basically our sister system and we kind of dance around it um but it just was until you know, I mean, I remember when it had I can't tell you how many years ago it was, you know, probably in the last couple of decades, that they basically, you know, found um Sirius B, which is the sister son of our son. And, and, you know, and that goes into the whole um the lower or the lesser mysteries of Egypt, where basically um, you know, they would they would see Sirius rising. Um and at the point of the the head the the, the peak of the dog days of summer, um, Sirius in the daytime hours would be behind the sun, so you know th- that it's what it became known as the sun behind the sun or the black sun, essentially. Black sun, black right? Sun. And when you when you get all into really looking at that, um, the black sun or Sirius B um is um set or setos who was um biblically you know one of the the sons of noah um that basically came in and decapitated um you know osiris um for doing his mysteries you know Um, and, and also being the one that was responsible for the architecture of the pyramids as well as building the sphinx you know in celebration Uh, uh, in celebration of ending those those mysteries
1: it's it's like the the pyramids i mean Mm. who knows really really when they they were made and how they were made yeah it's
0: uh it's definitely there's definitely so many different um interesting thought minds on yeah, know yeah. what they were how they were built you know but well but the one thing we do know about pyramids for certain is they're on every single continent of the planet you yeah, know
1: yeah, yeah,
0: right. so it's uh so you know that you have to think um it's you know going back to that idea of some sort of an ancient you know global interlinked system you know, with trade and and you know, and then that that gets into like there's uh, in Michigan they you know here in the United States um, they found these copper mines that they said had you know been worked for you know thousands and thousands of years and you know and they they wonder where all the copper in the Middle East came from you know. Um, and and they just said there was but at the same time they're taking hundreds of thousands of pounds of copper out of these mines at the same time they're wondering you know where did all this uh copper in the middle east come from you know it's it's like it and it's interesting just how little um as far as uh, the compartmentalization of education like people have a tendency yeah. to specialize in their own field and you know basically you know they know every nuance of their own field but you know if it's it's like the web of Shiva you know it's like everything is interconnected with one another so I think the broader you can expand your understanding and realization and i mean you know there's just so much good stuff to dig in and read oh, <laughs> and, and, and you know what i'll tell you what if and if you know people are listening and they're like well i don't really like reading okay cool you know um you can go on archive.org and you can find an, any, you know, old, super old texts that, that are talking about this crazy stuff and you okay. can, you know, bring them up on your screen and you can highlight the page and tell your computer to read it to you, you know. And some sometimes when I'm really sleepy at night, I got a couple books going and I'll just, you know, sit and I'll highlight the page and I'll kind of be doing whatever I'm doing and let the computer read it to me, you know, so. that. Yes. So many guess, ways mate, to access this information now.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it's a bit like, uh, au- like Audible in a way. Yeah, uh, but yeah. That, like what that not what you're saying that that can be more like focused on like a specific area. Uh, well, the thing, the a, thing, a thing a with really that mate,
0: really. Yeah, the thing with Audible, man, is you know, and you do have like uh, um, the grammarica you know, crew. Um, basically, yeah. with their adult learning books and, you know, a lot of the esoteric stuff that they're putting out, which is great, um, but yeah, a lot of stuff, man, generally speaking, Audible is very much pop culture. Um, so if you're wanting to dig into, like, you know, deeper stuff, then you kind of really have to, and, and you know, um, archive.org is a great resource, you know, as far as going and, and just finding some abstract subjects, you know um brilliant
1: mate brilliant this is like um passing this this kind of technique what you use robert it's uh it's brilliant thank you
0: yeah well and that's the whole thing man i mean you know it's it's uh if you're into this stuff and and there's ways of doing it besides and there used to be a program that i used to use um air read um that you could take any pdf so you could go to you could go to archive.org and find a pdf of a book and drop it in that app and you could yeah. listen to it like audible audible you know um Not me. yeah but they basically through the course of updates they basically outdated it so you can't even upload a book on it anymore you know um so i'm basically looking for something comparable to that typical lot me yeah well, in, in the summer, you know, we'd be driving cross country and, you know, my wife will be reading her book and I'll throw on headphones and basically, you know, have one of those old texts, you know, from archive that I've downloaded. And really as I'm cruising cross country, man, it's, uh, you know, it's I, and it's honestly I think it's more entertaining um, than uh, any soap opera you know that you're going to yeah, see TV, uh, yeah definitely. Because, definitely well and, and honestly man when you get into a lot of these tv shows now um, all they are is rehashings of these ancient stories you know and and it gets to the point where you know at a certain point it's like it's it's predictable it's like occasionally there's some you know some good stuff but it's uh yeah i mean um yeah ha ha ha
1: right, mate, it's right. I think, um, like, out <laughs> the, the, of the start of everything off, it's like, it's like, what I'm trying to say now is, like, um, that, that Sumerian and the Anunnaki, I think that it, it, it proper threw me because I, I didn't expect that in the last, last installment mm-hmm. of what we did.
0: Um, now um, oh, <laughs> so so if we get back into the the whole sumerian stuff right um as far as the the Apsh being the fresh water um you know and and you had so you had the salt water and the fresh water right and the way right. that the sumerians looked at these were that they were like as two dragons or two, two. currents almost two right. Dragons right like a male and a female current force and one of them they looked at as a red dragon and one of them they looked at as a dream a green dragon or it became the green dragon of the alchemists which takes us up into eschenbach's uh you know grail you know quest yeah, and yeah. and you Interesting, know mate. Interesting. yeah yeah um and and so basically those two dragons were the positive and the negative energies of the perceivable reality essentially very much analogous to like the yin and the yang right yeah yeah so so you had the pushing and the grinding you know and and that friction um that basically was what brought forth you know reality between the two you know um so and it was Tiamat was was the name of the yeah. salt the salt water. Um is that
1: the is that the red dragon.
0: Let's see the two dragons. I would say you'd have the red dragon probably as the feet, yeah, the red dragon's female and the green dragon is male. Female. And that probably gets right up into the green man as well um interesting let's see but yeah it was this tiamat the salt water that basically when these two dragons you know clashed in the heavens um the tiamat the, the salt water um is what was believed to be how the earth got its salt salt water in the oceans
1: would that be uh, in, in any way shape or form similar to leviathan
0: yeah and that's where i was that's exactly where i was going with this
1: so right, oh, sorry
0: right right but that's good that's good totally okay um so now um in the in, in the Imu uh, what is it the inuma elish um it tells us uh, the quote here about tiamat right It says, Go and cut off Tiamat's life and let the winds convey her blood to secret places. So, the blood we think was the salt, what became the salt waters of the earth. Yeah. And this now, this Tiamat was said to be some five times the size of the earth. Um, (laughs) Right. And at one point, it was said to be seen like a second sun um as its atmosphere um with its waters basically shimmered and shined in the sky um reflecting the suns or the rays of shemesh and you know so the rays of shemesh the light would be reflected off of the waters of tiamat the salt water right and when that that you know the head of tiamat was cut off and the blood was distributed to secret places um, that was basically at the point that the Earth was given salt water and the ability to sustain life, right? Interesting, right? And so now that this destruction happened in the house of Scorpio, right? And um, there's some uh, line, there's one line of thinking that thinks that it was actually Saturn um, that that was the one that cut off um tiamat's head in the wars of the heavens which is where we get the idea of saturn being the um one with the scythe that cuts off time you know right, right. Um, and uh let's see and then and basically that's why this the sigil of the scorpio um has always been seen as a degenerative sign um, like the Scorpio, as far as the zodiac, you know, you're basically in the lowest depths of the water, um, as the Scorpio, um, and you know the in the inflection of that would be the eagle, which you know flies so high that you know no eye can see it. So you basically have you know um, that idea of falling and rising, very the mercurial, you know kind of force. But it was also the reason that it was set, you know um that jesus um basically also died you know in in the uh sign of scorpio um as it was judas's kiss um you know that they compare with the sting of the scorpio because when a scorpion leaves a sting um it looks like a set of lips or a kiss you know right right. um and, and it was also this same time in Scorpio when um, Noah went into the ark um, as far as before the deluge game, you know. So all right. those times are related to this, this point at which um, Tiamat's head was, was cut off, you know, in right. ancient Babylonian, Sumerian, Akkadian, you know, lexical. Right,
1: right. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fascinating, me, isn't it? <laughs> I
0: love um, it. And now and that's uh, this is also where words like disaster and catastrophe came from. Um, right, disaster, catastrophe. Being, right, being that disaster, right, means no star. So basically, after Tiamat was, you know, and it was, you know, there's a whole line of thinking that this was basically like a water planet that was in our solar system. And that through the course of uh, some force coming through the solar system that um, the planets got kind of banged around and basically where our asteroid belt is um, in our solar system, um, some... Are led to believe that this is where once this ancient Tiamat was. Right. Right. So. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) like. And and then, you know, basically the planets collided and we ended up in our new, you know, alignment that we have now. Um, And and we were left with uh, the asteroid belt. But the Earth through this, through the course of this, gained salt water and possibly could have gained the moon as well at that point.
1: That is uh mate oh, it just got even more interesting
0: as <laughs> you Right. Well and that's the whole thing, you know, when when you read um Paracelsus or if you read Rudolf Steiner um and they talk about you know all the metals coming from essentially gold um and it's it's interesting the idea that Steiner conveys that the moon actually was birthed from the Earth, you know. Um, whereas in some of the Egyptian stuff, um, there's some talk of Thoth um, kind of positioning the moon into its orbit, you know, as far as. Uh, I don't, and that some that's led some to say that you know it was like a ship, and they you know drove it into its orbit. But we do know that the moon itself is made of uh, what is it, silica dioxide, um, from samples. So, yeah, yeah and it, yeah, which is basically glass. You know, so it and you know NASA when they cra- I guess India crashed a satellite into it, China. I want to say Japan and the United States have all crashed satellites into the moon. And basically they monitor it when they do that, um, as far as its resonance. Um, and, and some of the stuff you read into it, and it talks about they were actually able to map the interior of the moon. Um, but it, the moon, in accordance with NASA and these other space agencies, um, is said to be completely hollow so it's basically a giant glass ball that's hugging in the in the you know um in in the space between here Checking and there on, yeah and it's also in well it's also interesting that it's like 60 time what is it it's like 60 moons between here and the moon there's a bunch of six relationships six and sixty and six hundred are um, they
1: convenient sixes right
0: <laughs> oh uh, yeah yeah well it will be be. it's it's yeah it's that gets interesting when you get into that whole line of thinking for sure man for sure Yeah. yeah um but yeah now as far as these two you know um dragons they very much are reminiscent of the leviathan right and and when you get into the whole idea of the leviathan um it's basically um Biblically, there's two Leviathans. There's two of these um, serpents or dragons or you know these these energetic um, forces. um One of them is said to be a curved serpent, and the other one is said curved. to be a curved serpent, right? what does that uh,
1: equate to uh, Robert, please?
0: Well, I think that requates to the idea of the Aurora Borealis. Um not the right. Aurora Borealis, the uh what is it? The uh where the serpent devours its tail. Um the, it's, yeah.
1: it's, it's, right. it's
0: by uh man, there's just so it's it's so much information, man. Sometimes it takes me a minute to find the right file drawer. Um <laughs> So the, the Ouroboros, right, you know, which is basically this idea of um, the, you know, you hear a lot of people say it's the snake eating its tail, um, but that is not truly what it is. Um, the Ouroboros is actually the snake speaking itself into existence. So it's actually creating itself right. from nothingness. You know that but but like all cycles that works both ways so yes it could potentially be the serpent devouring its tail versus the serpent you know eating its tail yeah. so yeah um but that's one of the leviathans is the curved serpent right which a lot also is associated with the curvature of the circle which basically relates back to the idea of the mother of chaos right yeah so and then the other um leviathan is the pointed serpent the so, pointed yeah serpent. and you know i think it really has a lot to do with uh the idea of um you know the regenerative male and female organs right Yeah. Right. Um, so, and, and the pointed serpent is a piercing serpent you know, a piercing serpent, a piercing serpent. And, and there's not so much information I could find on the pointed serpent. Um, but the thing is, you know, these two serpents um, or these two dragon forces, these primal dragon forces, um, when you get into it, um, it relates directly to the idea of the caduceus or the the entwined serpents um you know relating and you know here we go back to the generative force of those um those entwined serpents um directly giving us a tie to dna you know and the idea very
1: very interesting mate
0: procreation um and and you know these um these symbols of the caduceus you know they go all the way back um I believe there's one example in ancient uh, Transylvania that predates, um, you know, Samaria even. Um, but but we really? see, yeah yeah. But we see these entwined serpents um, culturally, you know, moving through Mesopotamia, like into you know, um, it, it's just uh, it proliferates um, and and you know right up to the modern um caduceus of mercury um that the medical association has basically um, yes yeah, just do don't let that symbol yeah so now that now back to mercury again remember we talked about yeah. mercury yeah. being the god of the thieves and the merchants and the liars and the travelers um and he basically has this rod or the staff that has the two entwined serpents on it, right? And those yeah, two yeah. entwined serpents, you know, they're basically um, they're secreting a a sacred oil um, that that is basically um, the creative function of commerce, right? And when you really look at what it is, you know, it's this oil, and it's coming from snakes, so it's basically a snake oil. So, you know, and then, in, yeah, and then Mercury's other hand, he holds the money bag and he has the uh, the wings on his feet ready to fly. And <laughs> so, okay. you know, when we get into <laughs> yeah, the modern idea of what um, capitalism does within a society. And you know capital- about that thinking houses move yeah yeah
1: yeah you know, you know what i mean right I mean, with the mention of dragons
0: mm-hmm. do
1: you think uh the seven-headed dragon of arima has anything in connection with with it at all
0: well you know you have also the seven-headed dragon of the apocalypse uh, <laughs> yes so um And, you know, when you get into um, John the Revelator and the apocalypse, um, you know, there's that whole idea that it was actually um, Lazarus, who Jesus rose from the dead, that basically became John the Revelator. And basically because he had um, had that night journey. Um, where he had been taken into the heavens and shown the, co- you know, the cosmos. Yeah. And and basically, you know, you look at that seven-headed dragon. Um, and so you have a seven-headed dragon in the beginning and the seven-headed dragon in the end. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's some pretty interesting stuff, man. Especially when you get into the whole idea of the sevens, you know, and following yeah. the 7 yes. yeah. yeah. it's It's, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Is it is it all uh, just a coincidence? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't
0: think so. Mm. There can't it's, be that many
1: coincidences, sure.
0: Well, you know, um, on a certain level, you know, I don't know. I I honestly believe that there may be no such thing as a coincidence. I think that <laughs> the the way that energy moves and and you know energy forms yeah. stack that you know because you know you may say oh it's a coincidence but it's only like energies working together within the the time space continuum you know yeah. um and and sometimes i think that those energies can be set up you know for destruction um you know and oh, and sure. it's uh it's just interesting you know i mean and and you know i we should probably keep it to the ancient Sumerian stuff, but you know, but you start looking into, you know, the the Marx and Engels writings and, you know, the end stages of capitalism and you know, you start looking at a lot of these agreements that these merchants or these international banksters are making and it's just uh I don't know, you know. Um the writing. I just think they see the writing on the wall, man. It's uh you yeah. know.
1: Yeah, there. Uh, I mean, everything happens for a reason, is not it? Well, I believe so. Anyway, mm, it's yeah. like they, this lot. They they know what they know what they're doing. They know what's going to happen. They know mm. when it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, and that's the that's the interesting thing, man. If if you you know, um, I, I think that the way the universe functions is it's kind of like just a fractal and you know yes. if, if something can yeah. manifest it will you know so it's like should you be surprised with anything you see probably not if, if you yeah. um, have <laughs> the, the open-mindedness to be able to to say that the possibilities are endless to all extremes you know um i think that I, I think the, slightly, huh? yeah i think that what you know what we really all you know um, if you read, you know, all the ancient texts and you get into all these philosophies and you start walking down these paths, you know, um, what it all really comes down to is knowing thyself, knowing yourself as a person, you know, um, realizing how you are in the world and why and how you perceive the way you perceive the things that you perceive, you know, and and it's, you know, um, it, we can all get you know um fooled by the snake oil man you know oh, yeah it's, right. it's you know because it's it's just they just grind that stuff out and sell it everywhere man you know it's like we were talking about you know before the show started you know it's like you look at like you know they say Guinness for strength and you know the soda yeah. pop moxie you know to, to basically give you some nerve you know or what you know take a shot of whiskey you know you take a shot of courage you know it's it's all these these ideas that these things can empower you you know and then then when you take that and you use it as a marketing campaign you know and play on people's subconscious you know realizations you know it's uh yeah it's a and that's very that's very low level you know that's just that's just you know if you research like uh what's his name there you know madman um the advertising um oh edward bernays you know Um,
1: (laughs) yeah
0: he well he was the madman of advertising is what they called him you know and he's the guy that's basically behind the idea that sex sells you know, so if you include sex in it, then it's gonna titillate someone to the point of, you know, it's um there's uh there was an old practice, you know, where um and and you still have it going on occasionally where uh, one of the Chinese restaurants I used to eat at, they used to dip their they used to dip their plates in opium, and uh, then well, basically oh, yeah like an opium <laughs> right? wash yeah so so that's, basically uh,
1: that's yeah, pretty extreme.
0: yeah well so then they would let it just a, you know light light wash man just so it's just a, yeah. a little bit on the and then it would dry on the plate and then when you get your you know your buffet and you eat all your food when you get done eating you feel really good you know and you're like that's my, favorite. That's I mean, my, that's that's my favorite yeah that's my favorite food ever and so you know um it, and you know i like I said, I know a restaurant that got shut down for doing it, you know um it's you know so on on all levels, you know, there are people out there, you know what do they say here in New England, they say, you know in the winter time, you rub two pennies together to make a nickel, you know it's
1: uh <laughs> it's at <brilliant>, night, <isn't> it?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, but but you know it's kind of uh it's kind of just the state that we're born into you know I mean yeah yeah exactly. and, and you know it's not necessarily that money is the root of all evil but it's the the love of money that's the root of all evil you know
1: yeah I think um, it's it's a huge problem mate not it when yeah. when you get the likes of these the extraordinary wealthy individuals and mm-hmm. they're so fucking selfish mm-hmm. you know
0: you know it's uh, I mean, you know, when when we have you know all these multi billionaires you know that are stacking cash in a proportionate uh, manner yeah. that we can't even conceivably understand how much yeah. a billion dollars is, you know, it's beyond our brains' uh, possibility to comprehend that number, you know. Yeah. Um, but but what did Bob Marley say, you know, if if you base your life on on money, you know. Money's numbers and numbers go on forever. It's like yeah, you know, it's uh yeah,
1: they, they, they do as well. Yeah. That's yeah. I think it is uh they just go show them how right, they're bragging how much they've got, but yeah, the they're, they're so selfish. There's so yeah. much that they could do.
0: It's like, uh help
1: kids, they could help um unfortunate families. There's so much that they could do, but they don't do it
0: they don't think they
1: have to do it they don't you know. think they, they, they're all like right bragging but yeah right yeah uh, outlaws, unfortunate because there are some really unfortunate people
0: oh yeah yeah you know the 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 amount of people that are using food banks now the amount of people that are having to you know subside on public's assistance it's uh you know um it's it's interesting um the whole diametric ish you know like in regard to how they print money to cause inflation um they devout you know they decouple it from gold they de- they do all these things to you know um right and and you know it's uh it's just interesting man i i don't want to get into monetary theory right now
1: though. oh
0: no man <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Well, okay. so now now that that uh you know back to the whole idea of the Leviathans, though, man. Yes. Um as far as that that curved Leviathan, right? Um it's set, you know, when you get into um some of the uh as far as some of revelations, but also some of the non-canonical texts, um, they basically talk about the idea that um, the curved serpent um, was basically salted and preserved, like put into a state of preservation, Salvation. which I almost think that that has to do with the idea of the spirit itself coming into and creating matter you know um like a, like essentially that leviathan that and this is the the feminine energy um basically sinks in and becomes salted or becomes the salt or becomes think, the three-dimensional reality
1: do you think it's like um it's del- sort uh, so to speak deliberately like um comatized would you say that that is uh where where it lies you
0: know well and that's you know when you get into um like you know there's some animating force you know that some people consider to be god uh, or a goddess um but it's that The idea of the mechanists, you know, as far as like uh, the founding fathers of the United States and and some of their ilk, was the idea that God made the universe and then left it to run like a clock, and basically, you know, it it was hands off. Well, what if maybe it was this uh, female divine energy that facilitated the birth of creation? that that came down and sunk into and became matter itself and that you know is essentially preserving itself in salt becoming the three-dimensional aspects that we exist within you know and it's and but it says at the end of time that when we all turn back into um basically light form energies that we will all again Partake into and/or receive of this motherly energy that will return to and basically, you know, ascend and heal us all as we return to back to the monad. You know, it's uh,
1: sounds it's very, very interesting, mate.
0: Right. Well, and that's the other thing, man. So, you know, when you come into uh from spirit into matter and you create the idea of a you know a progenitive life-giving you know world like we live in now you know with trees and you know just fleas and mice and all the way up to like these um you know unbelievable you know just creatures that that you know some see and some don't believe in um what if what if all of the animating factor that that is everything is that leviathan and we're in in that leviathan as part as far as part of yeah. that leviathan you yeah. know and then at the yeah. end of time basically you know it, it kind of becomes the mother And the, but while it's locked in the state of matter like you were saying it's in a state of almost comatose where where the creator has made the creation but you know in order maybe in order to maintain the creation it's required that that they cannot participate in the creation other than to be the creation you
1: know right right yeah that makes yeah. sense to me
0: interesting stuff, <laughs> i mean it
1: is very interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> I <love> it, right? <laughs> yeah, i love it anything to do with uh dragons mythology anything
0: like that mm-hmm. I, I right know. well and you know generally the medieval idea of the dragon you know is all the elements so you know it's earth wind fire water, like all combined into the singular yeah. unit that that you know is this um you know the this creature to ma- that all of us must master and slay you know yeah it's, uh, yeah. it's on an esoteric level you know um let's see what else do i have here
1: you see yeah uh, but uh, uh, why, why you you'll see what you've got there mate it's like when when you just mentioned that on an esoteric level
0: hmm. that's
1: when things get, get even more interesting right well, well and but to me anyway to me yeah certainly
0: like you know you, have, that's the thing, you get it you start getting into all of these miscellaneous you know mythos and histories and stories through time. Yeah. And, yeah and you start to see semblances of them doing the same thing, acting the same way you know calling yeah. their their life, like having yeah. night journeys like these these different things where they're basically um, interacting and connecting with the higher and divine powers of the cosmos you know yeah, yeah. so so once you realize they're having these things then to go in and proceed to try to understand you know what what was going on you know um, oh, right. and it's <laughs> yeah. uh yeah it's it's you know very it's and and you know yates when you get into yates um she said that everyone studies history as they study history they are changing history because depending upon our understandings and where we're coming from it's going to inflect and give us different viewpoints as far as to what we perceive so some people are going to pers- you know be able to draw out certain facts that another person may not be able to draw out you know yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah we're all different man we all different we all see things different
0: right right and that's the spice yeah. of life man Mate, if we're
1: we're all the same, it will, be, I
0: feel oh. it will be, so fucking boring, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, but even being also different, we are also also same. You know, in the sense yeah. that that you know we're occupying this planet. You know, we have our feet on the earth. Like you know, it's like. It, it, the the aspect of the the mental limitlessness of of the ideas of the mind, you know, it's yeah. uh yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> brilliant mate. You are uh, uh, you have a legend, mate. You just continuously blow my mind. <laughs> um, I love it, Robbie. I
0: love it. Let's see, yeah, but man, there's just Oh, I've been going through so much stuff as far as because I'm getting this whole Prussian deep dive together on bohemia um and uh got so much art that I'm having to crank out at the moment yeah like you know I bet
1: you are um constantly nonstop but your brain's constant, constantly going over different things, like what you research and that. And yeah. I don't know when you're just looking at one subject, it can yeah. get yeah. pretty hefty.
0: Oh yeah, and you know uh, that's the whole thing, man. Every single subject, it, if you take the time to really dig into it and cohesively understand it, it becomes just this giant, giant web of of interrelated things. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, um, yeah, yeah.
1: I found a lot of them as well robbie a lot of them you end up coming back on yourself at the same point what you started at
0: oh yeah yeah Um, or you start to find uh sources that are giving you the same information and then you can yeah
1: that's another one yeah.
0: yeah you know and then you can start to say well i'm not the first person who's made this realization you know it's uh yeah definitely so just during this last poster i was doing um I got to go through two books and probably about 10, 12 podcasts, you know. Wow. Just while I sit and, and make art, man. It's, uh, Is
1: it, what, what, what Which um, was that for, Robert?
0: Oh, that's the Ganja Grail poster I just finished.
1: Ganja Grail poster. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I can't
0: wait to see it. Yeah, I'll probably be releasing it here pretty soon, man. Um just have to get everything ready for um marketing and on their end. And once generally, man, just you know, as far as etiquette, um when I do the art, you know, I just wait until they release it before I release it.
1: That is I fully get that, mate. Yeah. I, yeah. Um it, it would start to save a lot of problems as well, that once not it? I mean if, yeah. you, if you go that that's your system in place and you stick to it and it works for you why change it it would right. just um, alter your timeline so to speak
0: yeah yeah
1: i don't mean it's an alternate timeline i mean like it would change it's like you're used to doing it a certain way and that that's always worked for you so why would you make make a change mm, right when it's working
0: if someone you like it. uh, here's a little here's something interesting man um as far as the great spirit of the wisdom of Ahura Mazda, right, getting into I the whole Angra and and you know the lie versus the the truth. Um, so Ahura uh, Mazda said that there were two opposing mentalities, right, and these were opposing co-equal mentalities. Um, one of them was the Spenta Menu, right and this is s-p-e-n-t-a-m-a-y-n-u and this is being broad-minded generous of the spirit of the harvesting heavenly bounty and of having a progressive mind and then there was the other which was andramanyu (laughs) (laughs) being narrow-minded Petty, the conservative spirit of constraint, in accordance with only the progressive, generative force, was the path to find the spirit of. Oh, that's a separate part. So basically, yeah, you have one that was that was open-mindedness and generous, yeah. and then the other one, which was you know close-minded and and greedy. Yeah. You know? so when you get into the the positive and the negative spirit um as far as you know getting into the you know um yes yeah well and and so back to the leviathan too you know um the idea of of that coming into and creating matter um that would also relate into the idea of adam and eve when um eve ate of the fruit and brought death into existence as far as so if if you were to come down in and create a a bountiful life-giving you know plane of existence um at the same time by de facto you know forcibly you would also create death you know right Yeah, yeah you know yeah so yeah it's like
1: one doesn't come without the others is it
0: Right, right, where, and that's, there's, actually, dying, there's,
1: dark, there's light.
0: yeah, the yin and the yang, those two yeah, yeah. dragon forces yeah. moving against each other, you know, the Ouroboros both creating yeah, yeah. itself and destroying itself. it's uh, yeah, so it seems this episode's been a lot about those two serpents, you know,
1: me, like, um, yeah, you know, I, well you yeah. know Go ahead. Just just, well, just a quick one, right Robert. Uh, I'm not quite sure if you know uh, about this, but we've got um, the flag of Wales is a red dragon.
0: Mm. and Yeah, that's Wales. And I know going. I was in London at one point, man. And um, in certain areas with the obelisks, you also have a lot of those black dragon sculptures. As far as coming from yeah. the monarchy. You know.
1: Yeah, you've got that, but also as well, you've got from um, Anglo-Saxon Flag was a oh. white dragon.
0: White dragon. And
1: yeah, it the, goes around the Arthurian times. Um, right, right. Claimed that there was uh, a legend of uh, a white dragon battling with a red dragon. And mm. The white dragon being the English dragon and the mm-hmm. red dragon being the Welsh dragon. Bus dragon.
0: Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And that's, in, you know, but, you know, again, the two dragons battling these two, you know, forces. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, um, when you get into back to dialectics and the conversation, you know, it, it's, I start to think on a certain level that a lot of this world economic forum stuff, and, and yeah. the Klaus Schwab, and um, I think it it has to do with creating, you know, the narrative force, you know, as far as one side yeah, versus yeah. the other, um, and, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, like like Hitchcock said, you know, you have to have a basic element that drives the story, and it doesn't matter if yeah, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. X, Y, or Z, um, but, but in order to, to precipitate, you know. I mean, so it's so, a. I mean, they're almost like you know, comic book characters, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. You
0: know? It's uh
1: It is. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love, I love it all. Oh yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I mean, I'm not into. Obviously, I'm not into when people actually hurt uh, and it's like you know, all the wars and all that bullshit. It's just. It's, just unnecessary
0: Mm. it is
1: mythology (laughs) is me mate i i I just love it
0: well that's what we're
1: going over now it's incredible
0: (laughs) but i think what mythology really does for us you know um in a great way is it gives us um different ways to look at things and have realizations about the world that we live in
1: yeah yeah you know
0: yeah Um, and and that echoes in you know and right up to modern times you know? yeah it's uh you know.
1: it is it's extraordinary Robert, because there's that that many uh that many different deals, that many different realms mm, right and a lot of them a lot of them are just so similar
0: right well from so, completely
1: different times
0: yeah oh yeah well, in you know, back to the whole echoes, you know, what, you know, Mark Twain, history doesn't rhyme at echoes, um, but it's, it's, and, you know, how we were talking about the caduceus as far as the medical caduceus, you know, um, that, that symbol with the two snakes that are wrapped around the fiery torch um, is the symbol of trade and barter. It's not the symbol of, of medicine and healing, you know um the the symbol of the ser- a single serpent on a staff um being you know from asclepius um is basically the symbol of healing and medicine you know so so when you see a lot of these you know hospital associations um it's just interesting that they would choose yeah. <laughs> to use the symbol for barter and trade over the symbol of of the healing aspect you know
1: yeah so it's
0: crazy, isn't it, mate? <laughs> yeah, 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 Um, trying to think. Uh, the the serpents. We were talking about the serpents and that. It's uh, yeah, but but you know, um, it's uh, it's it's quite interesting, you know, just to see just to see the whole evolution of it all. You
1: know, it is. Uh, it's. Pure fascination on like a, another level, um, and yeah. especially when you 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 take it, like this episode to down down like a route that I didn't expect, <laughs> and that that's what I love about you, Robert. Is you could take it to that many different uh, areas, um, and every time you just seem to nail with what i'm thinking as well mm. um, it just makes sense how you put everything together it makes sense
0: right so now um zora now did you know that zoraster um as far as the whole idea of you know um all the stuff that we had previously talked about um was also the one who did we talk about um the birth of Mithra.
1: I don't believe we did, but I'll, I'll fucking please. Let's go there.
0: <laughs> so uh, now you, you're familiar with Zoroaster pretty extensively, yeah? Uh,
1: yeah, a bit, a bit. No, I wouldn't yeah, say bit. extensively, but yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I do like uh, looking into that that this particular area at the minute. I think right, it's fascinating, right. Robert. Right. It really is.
0: Um, and I've heard you bring up several questions with other people, you know, in regard to um and, you know, yeah, yeah. and the, the demon of the age and technocracy. And, um, well, it was um, Zoroaster who was actually um, behind the birth of Mithra, right? And um, let's see. So Eusebius tells us that... Um, in a cave, right? That essentially Zoroaster, um, so it says, in this cave bore for him the image of the cosmos of which Mithra had had leapt and the things which the cave contained by their proportionate arrangement provided him with symbols of, of the elements and the climates of the cosmos. So basically Zoroaster um, When we get back into the idea of those Zadok's that I was talking about, as far as the sons of Noah and how they were going around and practicing Kabbalah and basically spending, you know, long contemplative times in caves meditating, right? Um, Very much along the same lines, Zoroaster. Um, would, you know, take long jaunts into caves and meditate. And um, so it was this cave, essentially, that um, there was a weeping willow. right? weeping willow. A weeping willow inside of a cave with a hole in the top, right? So light was shining down in to illuminate the tree. And the, the weeping willow was growing right next to a fresh spring that was bubbling up right there. Right. So right. here again, we have the symbol of the uh, the divine waters of creation, you know, watering the tree of life. Right. And, and right. then you have the rays of the sun coming down and illuminating. And so um, and, and from the spring, you know, you have the bubbles which are basically, you know, air form, um, you know, filled with all the elements simultaneously around them um, as far as the reflection. Um, but next to the stream, sure. yeah, next to the stream was a patar stone, essentially. Um, well, at least the affinitive definition oh, yeah. of a patar stone, which would be one of these tall standing stones. And, you know, we see the patar stone in the uh, megaliths, um around yes. England and Ireland as far as you know the the what are they called uh, The is it a Cromlich stone I'm, I'm not I, sure um I, I could be wrong here mate the Cromlich stone may be one of them it may be one of the biggest ones that fell down but basically it's a tall standing stone that they plant upright and a lot of times it's related to the phallus um you know it goes back into egypt and relates with the eyes um and very much with the uh jacob's pillow after he had his dream and he he turned the stone upright um and then put sacred oil on it you know so you have the this patar stone that is next to this weeping willow and this bubbling brook um that basically you know they're burning um sacred oil on the stone Mm -hmm. And so the stone's on fire. So the stone is actually said to be a red stone. And, um, red stone. Yeah. And that stone essentially cracks open. And when that stone cracks open, um, Mithra came into this realm and basically had a dagger in one hand and was completely naked and had a lamp for, or a, a torch for illumination in the other hand and and that was the birth of mithraism um, and this right and this was basically at the point when mithraism um kind of got driven underground by the other rising religions of the time and so right. zoaster kind of disappeared off the map and kind of turned into mithraism
1: it, it, it did did it happen quite quickly
0: no i think it happened over like a i think it kind of went, years. yeah well i was going to say even more like a thousand or more years that it right. kind of disappeared and and you know and then resurfaces
1: yeah because um, when i found i found that the, the dates off the top of the head it was around uh, six seven thousand bc up mm-hmm. until like second third uh bc mm-hmm, mm-hmm. around uh, could be any time between those, but I, again, I wasn't 100% on
0: it. Yeah, well, and um, you go back to to Zoroaster, and that would be you know, um, like 12,000 to like 8,000 round in there, right? Right, um, interesting. So it's uh, you know, and basically, the the idea was very much like how the Egyptian mystery schools kind of went underground and then yeah, supposedly yeah. later popped back up, th- you know, through the Rosicrucians yeah. and the Masonic Orders. Um, kind of uh, Zoroastrianism in a similar way got driven underground and coming, you know, came back as uh, Mithraism. Right. I got you, mate. I got you. Yeah. So, but yeah, and then, you know, you get into all the Temple of Mithra and the slaying of the sky bull, and back to you know we were talking about yeah. the, scorp- the scorpion earlier. You know, um, yeah. when when Mithra slays the sky bull, um, the score, you know the Scorpio is stinging, it's stinging the um, the bull's testicles. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice, mate. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So again, you know, it's also related to being in the time of Scorpio. Which goes right back to that, you know, Sumerian, Akkadian mythos of Tiamat, yeah. in getting his head cut off. And, and what happens with the bull, you know, they slit the bull's throat, you know. And then the participant would be, you know, like under a grate and would be bathed in the, the blood of the, the bull, you know.
1: It is, the, um, the connections are fucking crazy. mm yeah. Really out of brilliance on Yeah.
0: Well, and and you know, you go back into uh to Zoroaster and um they would they would kind of do some similar type sacrifices with donkeys, you know. So oh, all
1: interesting. Yeah. interesting.
0: Well and, and it was also the Zoroastrians, um when you go back that we see the earliest um apron as far as like the Masonic apron. Um you right. know, which would basically be given to a youth um when they turned thirteen years old. And basically it was like the, you know, their manhood. And if, yeah. it, if they did anything that shamed them, they would actually lose their their ritual apron, you know. So it's uh yeah.
1: Crazy connections, man, aren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. So but yeah, Mithra and Zoroaster, you know, it's just interesting the the uh, the tie over yeah. there, you know? Brilliant, uh, yeah.
1: Um, I'm glad that you explained that. Oh, fucking a lot better than what I could explain it, mate. Um, mm-hmm. This is what I mean about you, Robert. You, uh, you're just so gifted.
0: Ah, I just <laughs> like, like to dig into this stuff, man.
1: Yeah, it's brilliant, mate. It really is. Uh, I mean, would you say that, uh, like, so I th- Hmm. We'll or yeah, we'll have any? Yeah, would have any link into, um, Mithras, maybe Zoroastrian.
0: Hmm. I mean, you know, when you get into the slaying of the heavenly bull, and you compare that, you know, cross culturally, um, as far as the Egyptians and Serapis, um, it, and then you also have the Greek slaying of the cosmic white sky bull. Um, that Poseidon, you know, gave to the king of Crete. Um, it's it's just interesting. As far as does it have a what? rephrase the question again.
1: what do you say that um, like Zoroastrianism has any link to uh, Mithras or Zoroastrianism?
0: Right, right. Um, in the sense that. Maybe there is a time, and and a season for everything, um, and you know when you get into uh, the sun demon Saurath, and like you know Steiner um, basically talks about that you know every planet has a positive and a negative aspect, um, so you know there's on the sun there's this sun demon Saurath, and then there's also a a sun angel of sorts um angel angel, right so you know like in every planet would have a negative force and positive force um much like uh or you know in in, instead of a positive and a negative force maybe what you could say is a divine feminine aspect and a divine masculine aspect And, and that the female is just generally always associated with the underworld and and the demon you know just because of the creation of matter um right. so you know um yeah it's but as far as maybe it's the you know like how the sun itself um they've they've said comes and basically is like a spring and resets itself like in 11 year cycles you know on the short end and then there's a bit you know bigger cycles you know cycles within cycles um so maybe it's the idea that within every animated heavenly body there's a time where it, it's going to act in in a, a negative way and a time it's going to act in a positive way right know? okay yeah. Well, because like Saturn, you know, Saturn, you have the idea of the reaper and death and the cutting off, but you also have the idea of the hag or the, you know, the, the, you know, so you, you basically have, you know, um, a feminine and very much like when you get into uh, Mercury, you know, how you have the morning and the evening star along those same lines. Yeah, you know. very interesting, mate. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, G- Jesus even says He is the morning and the evening star. So it's you know, it's 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 just interesting when you start to try to decipher all these symbols and how they interrelate and and you know, complement yeah, yeah. or counter one another. You know.
1: Yeah, uh, but they could go. It can go either way. You know
0: yeah 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 and well, and you read some of the old texts, and um they'll talk about like, you know, um this will happen in a hot Jupiter, or this will happen in a cold Mars, you know, so now you're again back to dealing with alchemical aspects as far as the hot being the fire, you know, the cold being the water, you know, so it's and and it's uh you know, when you read Paracelsus. Um, like all of those aspects are entwined in the whole and, and through the course of different, um, outside affecting forces, um, you can, you know, excrete or, or subdue those forces, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 This is fucking fascinating, (laughs) man.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's a lot of very philosophical kind of stuff, man, you know, when you get into it. Um, so
1: now, um, let's see. And I,
0: that's the other thing. So that original Mithra story, right. Yeah. Um, is from the mountains near Persia. And, uh. I kind of liken it to um, Zoroastrianism. Zora, and, and it's funny that um, Zoroaster himself was the prophet of Ahura Mazda while simultaneously, um, you know, worshiping. or And I don't know, man. I almost think that when you really look at the story of Mithra, um, to me, it almost has. Airs of summoning up an entity and bringing some sort of uh, you know, egregore into the world. Nah, um, just uh, you know, because mate, well, really. So, so now if you go, and I directly relate this to um, a story in the Bhagavad Gita where um. Basically, there's and I've talked about this before, but there's this entity that's equivalent with Lucifer, that's in this timeless space that basically um, is is doing some sort of a cosmic alchemy and gets like shouted down and and is made to fall into matter, and and as that entity is ascending through the the heavens and the cosmos and you know coming through space it's basically crying out to the the in you know the other archons in the universe and it's saying you know where should i go where can i go and um he's basically pointed to the earth and that there are people here um, and this is directly relating to the Indian philosophy that have these patar stones and are burning the sacred oil on the patar stones so it was actually this burning of the oil on the stones that brought this this fallen entity to earth you know that's very interesting right so in the same manner in the story of, of Zoroaster and the birth of Mithra, you have this, you know, this ptar stone next to this, you know, all these cosmic symbols. And basically the stone, you know, cracks open and this entity comes forth. So it's just interesting comparing those two stories, you know, in regard to... Fair, fair and, and when we look at Mithra, right, Mithra was... Um, in charge of contracts and in charge of deal-making and, yeah, and is yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very much related to um, like Papa Legba of the Voodoo tradition as I far like as the, yeah, who guards the crossroads right and makes deals with people you know for, for their mortal soul basically um, yeah yeah you know and so um, and I don't know if you know the legend over here um but I kind of grew up in it in in the south in the united states oh well,
1: papa Leg, but
0: papa I, do you know
1: do you know mate, I, right I, i've I've heard little snippets about um uh, papaleg, but not i've yeah. never gone deep i I think I should really I because all, all yeah. of the voodoo it's just uh, fucking you know, amazing. as fascinating as oh, anything yeah. else yeah. It's so
0: now now incredible. It's as far as uh, are you familiar with the blues, blues artist robert johnson uh i
1: don't know robert johnson is that, is yes. that the one who,
0: who sold his soul? soul to the devil right he's the yeah, first yeah. one that was also in the 27 club so ah all right yeah. so so now uh robert johnson he's down in west helena arkansas basically west memphis um and uh you know, supposedly they say that he was horrible at the guitar, like and yeah. he could not sing at all. And and people kind of just walked past him and never paid him any money, you know. Because basically in hell and even to this day, if you go down to Hell out of Arkansas, um, you can catch some um, miscellaneous blues acts just sitting out on the corner playing playing music, man. Really? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um <laughs> So, well, so nonetheless, Robert Johnson, he proceeds to go um, out to what they call the crossroads, right? Right. And, and it's
1: an actual, an actual area where you can go
0: to. Yeah. So I've been to a couple places out there that right. they have said are the crossroads. Um, I don't know if they were the actual one, but, you know, it's right outside of Helen, Arkansas. And, um, you know, so, and now when you get into the crossroads, right? A true crossroad is not the x as far as two roads crossing one another right a true a true crossroad is three roads coming together right right so basically it's symbolic of the path of the practitioner and choosing between the left and the right hand path of knowledge right? right so so you go out to these crossroads and there's there's a whole formula and you basically dig a hole and you bury a treasure position and you know suppose and then you know you basically bring forth papa legba and robert johnson basically you know sold his eternal soul and learned how to play the guitar better than anybody else at that time and he came back into town and the people that knew him said they could not believe the difference of how you know just really how (laughs) he was you know and so it's this quintessential legend it's very you know faustian um but it's it's the quintessential birth of rock and roll as as a form of music right there at the crossroads with robert johnson that was the birth of rock and roll man. you know and and,
1: it's really yeah. Yeah. And, and this this was
0: was it Papa Legbo who was uh, allegedly sold the Yeah, so Papa Legbo, right. much, much like Mithra, is the the garter of the crossroads. Um he's the, the one that makes contracts and and makes sure yeah. people you know keep to their to their deal, you know. And it's the whole idea don't don't let that deal go down, you know, it's uh <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But but don't let of them. Yeah. <laughs> but but okay, you know, the whole the whole thing with Mithra, um, you know, and it ties into Serapis and that cosmic white bull, um, just as far as you know, seasonally, there's a, you know, and um there's there's a a lot of Masonic um beliefs say that you know as the cosmos turns, you know, a lamb can be born one day. And just because of the shifting of the stars, it can cause it to die the next day. So you know, it bas- this basically gets into the idea of fate. You know, but yeah, but yeah, every yeah. every year, um, you know, they basically would. And Serapis, the Egyptian bull, um, was basically a spotted bull that was the offspring of a mother. Spotted bull. Yep, of a mother that had been struck by lightning. Right. Right so you know and they're taking this this offspring this illuminated offspring you know and sacrificing it to to um yeah. pluto would be the most um appropriate thing as far as you know from what i've i've traced down um right. it's uh and then but but it's the idea of the cycle and and the sacrifice required, you know, required within that time span, and the, the giving and the taking of life, and you know, um, very much related to agriculture, um, and and right. you know, the rising agricultural, you know, societies of these times, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just crazy, interesting. <laughs> yeah, but it's just interesting the whole um, link there as far as, and and when you look at Mithra, and you know, um, we've recently had, um, what is it, uh, Bloomberg, um, that, uh, and I guess it's there in in the city of London, and do you know about this? There's, there's what, a Mithraic yeah, temple. Yeah, mate, the, uh,
1: yeah, it was yeah, after yeah. Uh, World War II, you know, after the, the bombings in London.
0: Right, and uh, they, they it, found it, and they basically moved it and and yeah. reestablished, you know um this ancient mithraic temple um, yeah it's, it's meant to
1: be one of the most yeah. uh, well-preserved like mithra sites on on, on the planet right me- meant to be um, right,
0: right.
1: i would love to go there Robert. love to yeah. but um
0: uh, oh, yeah. you know um well but i also pretty, it's
1: not close to me i live at the on the opposite end of the
0: uh, england so yeah yeah so it's a ways um but man oh, i yeah. just i just find it interesting um the the m- you know modern links of mythicism and how you know um a lot of that seems to be kind of you know genuflecting back into the modern you know mythos yes it's, yes yeah
1: Agree with you, mate. I, I i mean I know I'm not quite sure if you've seen. Have you seen Raised by Wolves?
0: No. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. That was some that was yeah, uh, what is it, the guy there that did Alien?
1: Uh really the
0: the Scott. Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah and yeah, I really, yeah. I really enjoyed Prometheus. That was probably one of my favorite movies. Oh, did. brilliant, that Prometheus. Yeah, but this raised by wolves was definitely quite interesting, huh? Yeah, it was uh uh, well the
1: symb- symbology in it was um, f- frightening but uh, oh, yeah. most things now was right loads of shows now with, with yeah. symbolism in it. Uh, but yeah. with uh, it's raised by wolves it was like mithras yep and um i thought it was
0: brilliant <laughs> oh yeah yeah it was in how that they had the cult going around and they had the whatever magical radioactive thing, and yeah, uh,
1: yeah. so Did you have, to, have you watched all of the um, all the seasons of it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. This was brilliant. Yeah, um, I don't know. Funny, I, I usually spend about I don't know, maybe an hour, two hours a day, chilling out with my wife, and we watch a couple I shows. A yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah. try
1: that You know. It's a bit of balance, mate. I know a lot of it's bullshit on telly, but oh, yeah. there are some shows
0: there. Oh, yeah. Well, it's entertainment, man, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, some if, things. if you're aware of the active forces that are trying to, you know, influence your psyche through the course of watching those, you know, and you can see them, like, you know, and, and you, I, I almost look at a lot of what modern television is as just more retelling of these... Um, I mean, I think at a certain point, you know, there's only so many so- story structures, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, this,
1: a lot of them uh, are just a waste of time watching them. Yeah.
0: Now, have you seen Raising Jupiter?
1: Raising Jupiter. I've not know watched this game.
0: Yeah, Jupiter. it's a it's a movie, but it's very much along the lines of the Sumerian gods as far as you know and well and that's you know when you get into the whole sumerian culture um this like the sacrifice right um as far as we're talking about different you know before be in and you know before animal sacrifices were i mean i think animal sacrifices were always there but they ran in tandem with human sacrifices and i think that that those human sacrifices um you know, um, I was going somewhere with that, and I got sidetracked. But, the but Jupiter rising, Robert. Oh, Jupiter rising. But so the Sumerians, yeah, yeah. So the Sumerians basically said that the the human sacrifices, right, were basically the 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 oil that kept the universe turning that kept the gears of the something along those lines so basically the sacro you know the human sacrifice was required in order to facilitate the turning gears of the universe you know yeah and 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 i think that that's very much along the lines of when you get into the egyptian serapis and when you get into the the white bull of of crete and when you get into mithras as far as the you know the heavenly slaughtering of the bull that i think that that this is kind of along the same kind of lines where you know nature requires death in order to facilitate life something along those kind of lines you know so yeah yeah just um
1: eh. Doesn't matter which way you go, Robert. It is all to me fascinating. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, I love it, yeah, all, it mate. Just, it's love all it.
0: very, it's all very fascinating, man.
1: Yeah, it is, mate, and all very relevant. I think.
0: Mm, I don't yeah.
1: think people realise uh, how important or all the, you know, it's not, it's not to me anyway. I don't. I think it's uh, beyond uh, being uh, mythology. Um, and there's m- much
0: more to it than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I think what it does in a way is it creates a different type of mind filter where, where when you have all these analogous stories and all, you know, it, you kind of run, it's, it's a broader spectrum of compare and contrast in the mindscape. That's
1: a a brilliant interpretation, mate.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. and and you know, um, on a certain level, after you go through these mythos, you know, um, it's you can either start to predict or you can start to see patterns. You 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 reach a deeper understanding of conceiving larger patterns of the turning versus focusing upon the the you know necessity of the now that modern culture is so caught up in you know brilliant yeah yeah and and the fact that they've you know created such a consumer class that's so dependent upon you know the appeal to authority of the media um fools rush in man it's uh Um, you you could not pull it and, and, and you know when when rockefeller in you know now we're talking the eldest Rockefeller before they had all their fortune and fame you know we're talking about old man Rockefeller that basically uh, old Rockefeller. Yeah yes. this is this, so this is before he set up his first grocery stores and before the family got into the oil business right um right. but basically he was going around town to town and he was selling you know it's a it's a common american epithet that you know uh the you have the idea of the snake oil salesman snake oil salesman. Yeah. yeah so rockefeller um basically you know got his start as a snake oil salesman and so he basically had these bottles that you know were a mixture of petroleum and and different herbs and he would basically go and sell this as a cure-all you know, and so he would roll into town with his little, yeah. his little cart, <laughs> you know, and he would drop his stage down, you know, and then he would come out and he would hustle snake oil. And, crazy man, crazy. Yeah. And you know, if you're going bald, rub it on your head. If you got a stomachache, drink it down, and you'll be all cute. Oh, if you, you know, if you, if you, if you're constipated, it'll clean you right out. It's like no matter what, <laughs> you know, what no matter what it is, it's, it's this way. I so how many people fell for that oh well the thing was man this is back before information traveled at such a rapid rate like it does now you know yeah so he would roll into one town and he would basically sell snake oil until the people got onto his game and then he would basically jump on his horse and ride a couple yeah. counties over and set up shop again and you know um it was, uh, it was, yeah, um, Crazy, snake, isn't that, oil isn't it? snake oil oh. salesman, man. And, <laughs> snake oil salesman, you know, and they're still selling snake oil to us, man. Oh, you know?
1: man. <laughs> Will they ever stop? Will they ever stop? No,
0: them? no, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's, you know, I mean, that's one thing quintessentially that I think, you know, um, that america is really good at is hustling you know and there's good hustles and there's bad hustles and you know um i don't uh, do you know about three card monty um i don't i don't yeah. know i'll play and win it
1: uh, i think it's yeah uh, is that the scam one or the
0: um... oh yeah and I'll go watch. I see it, you know, here and there when I'm traveling across country. Um, but basically, it's three cards, you know, and yeah. it's press the digitation, man. I mean, you pick up the cards and set them down in such a way that you create a deception. And, you know, uh, the, the chances of actually picking the right card are very slim, you know, especially if you get a really good, good dealer, you know. Yeah. Um, but but I've sat and watched people just lose lose money man it's uh you know and and i don't know you know you touch the stove once and you get burned and hopefully you you know you don't get burned again i mean i you know i can personally say i've accepted counterfeit cash from people trying to buy my product and you know they got away with it and i can say that i bought into news stories that you know later turned out to be untrue and you know i mean we're all susceptible you know
1: yeah, um, definitely, man. Well, sorry about you had um, yeah. somebody do something like that. It's just, uh, oh,
0: it's, it's happened more than once, is. man. But that's the thing, man. That's the uh, yeah, I, I would say that's the uh, that's the you know, the capitalist spirit, you know. I mean, by by crook or by you know, hook, it's you know, yeah, okay, you know? So, mate. Yeah, and it's, and uh, it's very much like you know all these these fake telemarketer calls that just never seem to end. You know, I mean, yeah. and, you know, they somebody's always trying to pinch you, man, for something. It's uh, yeah, and it all goes back to that snake oil, man. So okay, snake oil, so, man. yeah, yeah. So finishing up right with these two snakes, right? Um, they're yeah. also compared to being analogous to um, Lilith and Samael, right? All and right. so, oh, yeah, yeah. And so basically, they say that if Lilith and Samael ever met and, and proceeded to, um, you know, have intercourse, that um, the, the destruction of the universe would ensue as far as the end of all time and space you know and it's very much um that like these two leviathans you know that at the end of time and space you know um they will be again entwined you know so very very yeah yeah so it's uh interesting when you
1: just throw in the old uh samuel a lilith into it lilith, right? i know
0: right i know it's um, like
1: it just caps everything off to me
0: yeah yeah um but but if you go to egypt wh- who had a lot of, lot of serpent you know um like theology um yeah. if you see the the cobra on the pharaoh's headdress man um that was representative of the thought and basically thought. yeah the controlling of the thought and the ability to strike out against reality and to manipulate your environment and to your own mean. So, you know, it's... Would
1: uh, that it have any connection uh, to the, the Naga people? The Naga people?
0: The I Nagas? Mean, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, the Nagas, man. I mean, when you get into the Nagas, um, you're talking about these entities that existed, like, in a cave system. Um, some stories go into Hollow Earth. Um, but they were basically, they were like serpent people and they had, uh, bodies that were serpentine and then they had human faces and, um, you know, and they, they like some of the stories talk about, um, the purest of white pearlescent scales, you know, and basically these Nagas were like highly, like super intelligent, and only wanted to interact with uh, the upper echelons of the, you know, the people that they met. Um, and and it ties into um, some of the beginnings of some of the royal bloodlines as well, as far as, uh, you know, serpentine, anguipede, um, you know, parentage of um, some of the miscellaneous bloodlines um, in Asia and... Uh, the Merovingian bloodline is the, you know, well, that would be more, well, Anglepede, yeah, so that would be more snake. Um, but, yeah, there's several, several different, um, but the Nagas are, are definitely, and they were said to guard some of the, like, the most sacred information. Um, and, yeah, the Nagas are definitely interesting, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, they certainly yeah. are, mate. Yeah. Brother. Yeah. <laughs> but, Yeah. <laughs> I think we could even get another
0: one out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. And there's so much serpent, serpentine stuff. Yeah, you know that from you know from uh, from the uh, the beginning, as far as the uh, um, what's it called? The egg. The you know, um, to and and the egg had the giant serpent wrapped around it um the cosmic egg essentially the yeah the cosmic egg that birthed forth all of creation and like basically um, uh, you know this goddess form basically laid in gestation inside of this egg like one sidereal year which would be like one full turning of the turning of the ages you know the yeah. um you know the the full you know what is it 126000 um years and then at the end of that turning basically that egg you know broke open and spilled forth creation you know um and in the egyptian stories it was like it was in the nile and it got rolled up on the bank and i think it was the goddess anana that came out of the the egg you know Um, fascinating mate really is but the the earliest saturnian cults basically had that egg with a serpent wrapped around it you know going up Very interesting. Uh, yeah so it's uh that just so much serpent stuff through all the time man yeah. um yeah. as it just as far as an animal of wisdom um you know it was seen by the fact that it it glided across the top of the, of the land with no feet so like it basically they, they thought it floated on the land and then the fact that it would shed its skin every year they believed that it renewed its life you know every single year so it was all it was perpetually young um so yeah. it has a lot of association with the the ancient wisdom you know the like yeah, philosophy yeah. you know yeah
1: yeah right the like Fuck it, on it. That was just extraordinary. Yes, again, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you like to wrap it up here? And you sure. know, I think we we could we could go again, Robert, with some. I mean, like that with the Naga people. Mm. Um, like you say, there's just so much serpent, serpentry. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Mm. And, yeah. and your perspective. Girl, you've got multiple perspectives, Robert, and that's why speaking to you mm. is such a fucking word delight. like.
0: Um, uh-huh. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're you uh,
1: Phenomenal, Robert. You always are, mate. Um, would you like to let everybody know where they can get hold of you, please, mate?
0: Um. Yeah, probably the easiest place is you can follow me on Instagram at Robbie, R-O-B-B-Y, Marks, M-A-R-X. Um, or if you Google just R, Marks, artist, R, dot, M-A-R-X, artist, um, I'm out there pretty much everywhere. I got an Etsy page. Yeah, you'll probably put the links in the show notes and whatnot. Huh? Yes, I will
1: do, mate, 100%. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, brilliant. Um, Robbie? You're yeah, a you're a legend, mate. That was, fun
0: stuff, man. That was fun fucking stuff. Incredible. incredible.
1: And that incredible.
0: was basically, I think that was like three pages out of my notebook here that we kind of went over and kind of went off on some tangents about, you know.
1: Yeah. yes yeah. so, Um you are incredible, mate. You really yeah. are. It's fun, <laughs> fun stuff, man. It's fun stuff. Yeah, thank you very much, Robbie. Well, um, I'm gonna start stop, stop recording now, Robbie. Cool. Okay.